Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Preparis, and I am flying solo for this episode. I did have two guests that were going to appear on the show with me. However, they canceled, but I'm still going to do the show by myself anyway, and I think it'll actually make it easier for me to edit, so that's a positive. This week's episode is brought to you by Strength and Speed, since this is the Strength and Speed Podcast. If you like some of the things I have to say, and you feel that my research is pretty sound regarding this episode, you can know that I put the same level of effort and energy into all my research, which is why you should pick up a copy of my book, Strength and Speed's Guide to Elite Obstacle Course Racing. You can buy it off my website, teamstrengthspeed.com, and it'll it's pretty good, like I said. So this week, uh, like I said, I'm by myself. We're going to be talking about OCR and doping part two. Now, if you're unfamiliar, uh, go to your back and check out the first episode. It was about two episodes ago. Uh, it's called OCR and doping. I had an athlete, a trainer, and a nutritionist on. I was the athlete. I'm also a trainer, but I had another trainer, Jared, on there, and nutritionist Luke. And we were talking about uh, the recent, or the first failed drug test in OCR, Ryan Woods. Basically, he took DHEA, an anabolic substance banned by the World Anti-Doping Agency, and claimed he made a mistake that it was, he thought he was taking DHA, which is omega-3, essentially fish oil. So I've been kind of going back and forth if I was going to make this episode because I thought we got all our points across in the first one. Um, but after mulling it over, decided to obviously put it out as since you're listening to it. And the reason I'm, one of the reasons I'm putting it out is I had several of my smart friends listen to the episode and they're like, well, you know, I still think it was an accident. And I do not think it was an accident, clearly. Um, so that's one of the reasons I want to I want to show some more evidence backing up that I do not think it was accidental. Uh, the second reason is so Ryan Woods has already been caught. He's already been, you know, for lack of a better term, convicted. Right? He's been banned from OCR World Championships, North American OCR Championships, and Enduro 24 for next year. Uh, so this is really not about Ryan, even though I'm using him as the example. It's really like a warning shot to all cheaters out there. So. You know, Ryan, like I said, he got caught, and I believe he's lying about, you know, whether whether it was accidental or purposeful, but what I want to do is send a message that if people are are cheating, and they're getting caught, and they're lying, I'm going to call you out on it. So that's kind of what this episode is about. So I guess we should back up a little and talk about myself and some of my qualifications. Now, whenever I find something interesting, I really dive into it. And you can see that with my fitness. You can see that with some of my other hobbies that I I do in my spare time. One of the things I find very interesting is people's body language and signs of deception. So I have read several books on interviewing and interrogation. So, I mean, that's pretty much anyone can do that. Anyone can pick up some books and start reading through them, and you'll get a pretty good base of knowledge. The hard part is getting experience. And I do have a fair amount of experience that. So I spent a year in Iraq questioning detainees. You know, we'd go on target and we'd have pretty short windows of opportunity to figure out if the person on target was lying to us. And then, again, pretty short opportunity to figure out, you know, what can we extract from them and, you know, where to go from there. Also spent another year in Iraq after that. Actually, it was 14 months. And, again, I spent a lot of time talking to people on the streets you know, again, trying to figure out, you know, if they're being deceptive, you know, if, if they are being deceptive, should we take them in for further questioning, things like that. Now, 
you know, with that, I also talked to a couple of friends who have some experience in this field. Now, Ryan Woods shows textbook ways of deception, right? There's like when people when people look at people lying to them, um, there's these certain signs that pop up over and over again. And now not everyone does every sign of deception, but everyone that's lying does at least a couple of them. And, you know, and just having one sign of deception is not necessarily indicative of like, oh, this guy's absolutely lying to me. But having multiple in succession repeatedly over and over again is a sign of deception. So with that, I'll say Ryan fails. He shows signs of deception in textbook ways. All right, before we get into my assessment of Ryan's speech and how he performed on the other podcasts, I'm going to give a shout out to the guys at the Mud Movement, John Coley. I talked to him this weekend and we were talking about second chances. So I let Ryan know earlier today that I was going to be recording this podcast tonight and generally what I was going to say, which is he shows textbook signs of deception, he's lying, and you know I'm calling him out on air. So I'm not blindsiding him, um, but I am speaking my mind and telling the truth on this episode. He did respond to my message. I'm not going to tell you exactly what he said, but it was non-confrontational. It was pretty, um, yeah, it was pretty non-confrontational. And unfortunately, actually, that ties back into some of the evidence I'm going to present to you today uh, regarding, you know, textbook signs of deception. So let's start off with first thing you need to do if you're looking for someone that's deceiving you. And the first thing you want to do is set a baseline. So in order to set a baseline, I went back and listened to Link Endurance episode 89. On that episode, uh, Miles Keller and Mo interviewed Ryan and talked to him about you know his racing and his background and all that other good stuff. So the first couple things I noticed was his rate of speech. Very rapid, you know, moving along, covering topics, everything kind of flowed naturally. One of the other things I noticed was he uses ums and ahs a lot. So that's kind of, a lot of times people will think that's a stalling tactic if you're being deceptive, but in his case, it's just part of his normal speech when being interviewed. He also uses the phrase, you know, a lot. And again, this could be a sign of deception if it's not normally part of your speech, but as you can see listening to episode 89, it is part of his normal speech. So when he uses it in some of the clips I'm going to play, you know, it may not necessarily be indicative of of deception. So I'm going to start at kind of the top of my list and run through. I'm going to give you a quick overview first, and then I'm going to delve into each one in depth. So my assessment of Ryan's speech on the two podcasts that he was on, Obstacle Racing Media and uh, Link Endurance, the second episode of Link Endurance he was on, he has a couple of signs that should send up warning flags if you're trained in this type of stuff or if you've done a lot of research in this or you've had a lot of experience in it. First one is called inappropriate reaction. So that's him not reacting the way an honest person would react um, in a certain situation. A second one is memorizing your lie. A uh, third one is vagueness and remembering the actual event of you know the point of cheating or the point of uh, essentially committing a crime, stuff like that. The fourth one is you know uncertainty surrounding a specific situation. So that kind of leads into the, that kind of also goes back to the vagueness regarding the specific event. Uh, fifth one is pace of talking. Um, he also has a, another inappropriate reaction, which I'll cover later. Um, some convenient circumstances around rule breaking, trying to downplay the seriousness of the situation, and actually, when you isolate some of the sentences, he actually admits to it several times, which is pretty interesting. And I, I will play those sentences for you. But let's go back to the top and start there. 
inappropriate reaction. Now, when people memorize a lie, they often memorize the facts about the lie, but don't memorize or don't think about the emotion that's tied to that lie. So what happens is people, when they'll retell a story, will be comparatively emotionless compared to when they say something that has a strong emotional bond to it. For example, let's look at your average life or your average you know, day in your life. So if you ask someone who lost their parents or you know, had a brother or sister that was you know, killed early, something like that, and you ask them about them, a lot of times the emotion wells up, right? Because those memories are tied to feelings, and those feelings come back to the surface when you start talking about that specific event. So let's remember that, but I also want you to think about what would you do in this situation? So let's say you're a top-level athlete. You accidentally took a banned substance. You got, you know, you got caught. You got, um, you failed a drug test, and now for the last week, people have been calling you names on Facebook, calling you a cheater, saying bad things about you. Now think about it for a minute. Like really think about how you react. I know if it was me, I would be very, you know, very vocal and be like, "Hey, it was an accident. I'm so sorry. Please believe me." You know, stuff like that. I. I would be strongly trying to defend myself every corner or every chance I could take. So after a week of people calling him names on Facebook, uh, he his first public post after the announcement is a picture of him sitting in front of about four lobsters, you know, saying thank you for all the messages of kindness and all the support that you people have given me. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. He also says, you know, for those of you who don't believe me, you have the right to be suspicious. Now, if I was innocent, I would not say you have the right to be suspicious. I would say... This was an accident. You should believe me because that's the truth, period. This almost inappropriate reaction slash laissez-faire kind of, you know, whatever attitude is not what I personally would display if, you know, if I had actually accidentally taken something I wasn't supposed to. Now, you can see this in other situations, even within our, our own OCR community. There was a girl at World's Toughest Mudder who earned a brown bib, and people were posting screenshots of her chip time showing missing sh- missing you know, splits on her laps. People saw her cut the course. There was rumors of her cutting the course previously at other events. She had a similar reaction on Facebook where, you know, people are calling her names, you know, for the last week and she posts, you know, run your own race. Now, again, if people are calling you names and you're like, yeah, whatever, that should at least send up a red flag. You know, it's not necessarily like, all right, well, this is, this is hard guilt. You are definitely guilty, but it should send up a warning flag and should let you think about it. Furthermore, when he was on the Lincoln Durns podcast, he told Miles and Mo that he still has the bottle of DHEA. Now, if I had accidentally taken something, I probably would have taken the bottle, thrown it across the room, smashed it, and thrown it away, and been pissed at myself, calling myself an idiot, you know, online, on podcasts, etc., stuff like that. But he still has the bottle, even after testing positive with the, you know, drugs several weeks prior. So the question is, you know, why would you keep that bottle? It doesn't, it doesn't really add up. Why did I mention the lobsters? That also ties back into inappropriate reaction. Now, I know he didn't do it on purpose, but it can be interpreted this way. So if you remember when Lance Armstrong was convicted, he posted a picture of himself, or about to get convicted, he posted a picture of himself laying in front of his seven jerseys that was kind of like a, an FU to all the people that was doubting him. Now, Ryan's is not exactly the same, but, you know, in a world... At, like obstacle horse racing where, you know, most people are complaining about registration fees and not having enough money to get to their, you know, their favorite events. 
and you just failed the drug test, like posting a picture of yourself in front of four lobsters when other people are just trying to get to races is just, again, it's not purposely wrong, but it's it's showing that you have a lack of connection with what the feelings you're supposed to be feeling at that specific moment are. And, and that's kind of why I bring it up. You're probably thinking, all right, not so hard evidence so far. Okay, just, just kind of stand by. All right, the next one is called memorizing your lie. So when you memorize your lie, it's in a specific order. That's how you practice it in your mind. That's how you remember it. If people start jumping around and you know not following the, the path you memorized in your mind, it becomes harder to keep your facts straight, harder to, to say exactly what you practiced in your mind. This results in liars often trying to dictate the path of the conversation. Now, we'll, I'll play a clip in a minute showing Ryan doing this twice, once on the Obstacle Racing Media podcast and once on the Link Endurance podcast. It also makes it hard to keep your facts straight, which we'll cover right after uh, this clip. And I guess you want to talk about that first initial kind of moment and what went on right now? Again, that little clip is just him trying to get Matt Davis back on track because Matt has self-admitted that he has ADHD, so he likes to jump around. So that's Ryan trying to control the conversation. And he's not doing these things purposefully. It's just these are common things that liars do. And they do it over and over again because that's what's easiest to remember. And that's the easiest way it is to stick to your lie. So here he is again with Mo and Miles trying to control the narrative and control the conversation. Uh, and some stories. Yeah, yeah, do you want a quick rundown of the whole story, I guess? or Now we're going to listen to a clip from Matt Davis. Again, thanks to Matt for jumping around. Matt's going to ask him, did he have any idea why he, uh, Adrian was calling him? And Ryan's going to say yes, but, you know, according to Ryan, he didn't know that. You know, he didn't know that he had failed the drug test until after he had talked on the phone, you know, for a couple minutes with Adrian. So you'll see, you'll hear him slip up saying that he knew, he knows why Adrian's calling him on this clip. He called you two days ago, I'm guessing? Yeah. And did he, like, just text you and be like, hey, it's important, let's talk? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And did you think, did you have any idea what it was? Um, yeah, I mean, he just said, you know, he was set up a time, and I'm like, to talk, and I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. And uh, um, and then I got thinking, like, what does Adrian want to talk to me about? And then, like, I just asked what was going on, and then he just gave me a call. So that was a quick one. That was Matt Davis basically being like, did you know why Adrian was calling? And he goes, yeah. And then he essentially realizes he made a mistake and changes the narrative and continues to talk. So, again, just a little one, but uh, you'll see soon that it gets a lot worse as the conversation goes on. Here it is one more time. And did you think, did you have any idea what it was? Um, yeah. I'm so these are little slip-ups that we'll hear more about later. But now we're going to move on to kind of the most damning evidence of all, right? So vagueness and remembering the actual event. The way this normally works is when someone's describing a story where they broke the rules or where they committed the crime, suddenly the details surrounding that specific thing get vague. Now, in Ryan's case, is he's not, you know, he already admitted to uh, taking DHEA, but where his problem comes is he has this all this background knowledge on sports performance and supplements and, you know, being a high-level athlete for 20 years. And then when we get to, you know, the difference between DHEA and DHA, Suddenly it's like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm, I made an innocent mistake. And it just, it really just doesn't add up. 
Now, if Ryan had come on the air and been like, all right, here are the supplements I take. I take whey protein because it's available and everyone says it makes you strong. I take a multivitamin and then I take DH or I thought I was taking DHA because it is supposed to be good for, you know, your joints and for inflammation and stuff like that. Then maybe I could believe him. But the problem is he shows excessive knowledge in depth of depth of knowledge of supplements. The supplements he lists now, as a listener, I want you to think about how many of these supplements you take personally and how many of them you know what they actually do to your body. Uh, so, you know, as, as I'm on the phone, I, I grab all my supplements. Uh, I've, you know, for years taken basically just cellular health supplements, uh, minus the omega-3s because it just made me burpee. But, um, uh, you know, stuff like CoQ10, alpha-lipoic acid, which is, you know, I think a derivative of flaxseed omega-3s, uh, magnesium, I you know, always thought was, you know, important for cellular health, uh, uh, glucose making joint, stuff like that. I mean, just, just simple stuff. And uh, So, again, if you missed that, that's CoQ10, alpha-lipoic acid, Glucosamine, chondritin, magnesium, plus on the Link Endurance part, podcast, he lists arginine as another one of his supplements. Now, most people I know do not take any of these individually. A lot of times they'll just take a mix. You know, they let the essentially the the companies decide what mix they want, and then maybe add you know some some omega threes on the side or something like that. So he obviously shows he has enough knowledge to understand the you know how much of each one he's supposed to be taking, and enough where he's taking the supplements by specific type. He's not just taking a, you know, joint health supplement or something like that. So let's look at some of the other things about him where he should have known better. So he, he said he was on the Nike farm team. He's an NCAA athlete. He, he's been to chiropractic school. Um, while talking to uh, Mo, he says, I'm sure we talked about DHEA at some point, but, you know, he doesn't remember all the details. So he'll He'll, you'll see he flip-flops between knowing a lot about the past and then suddenly having blanks in memory. You'll also hear on this clip where Mo says it sounds like it was just an honest mistake. And instead of Ryan saying yes or I agree or yeah, absolutely, he changes the topic and continues to talk about chiropractic. So that's another sign of deception. It's avoiding the actual answer to the question and avoiding having to restate your lie. I make that mistake between DHEA and DHA. And, I mean, I think you, you know, it sounds like it was just an, an honest mistake. Well, and, I mean, like, as a chiropractor, you know, that's not so part of it. You know, as chiropractors, what we're doing is, you know, joint-related segmental range of motion, increasing segmental range of motion, you know, alignment work. So, um, you know, in chiropractic school, which I graduated from 10 years ago, and last year was all clinical, so last it's been 11 years since I was in a classroom. Uh, I'm sure at some point we covered steroids, but, you know, it's a, a three-and-a-half-year program total, and, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't have any retention of that, you know. So I'm sure at some point in time we talked about DHEA and what it was. I don't remember it. I feel like we had a great nutrition professor there, talked a lot about anti-inflammatory diet. His name's uh, David Seaman, uh, poor guy to make uh, – all the jokes about his name the first day of class, every class he ever had. So in the same sentence, he doesn't remember much about the past, but he names his instructor and provides details on the past, right? So again, you're getting inconsistencies within the same sentence talking about the same uh, period of time. 
On top of that, you can see when he starts talking about chiropractic stuff, his rate of speech like picks up noticeably where he's talking real fast because he's confident on that subject. He knows he's not going to make a mistake, so he maintains that fast with quote-unquote normal uh, rate of speech. And that's part of his baseline that if you go back to episode 89 – you'll be able to hear him speaking at his normal rate of speech. And then when I keep playing these other clips and we're talking about drugs, his rate of speech slows down dramatically. So he seems to have a good knowledge about supplements, but like we talked about on the last episode, OCR and doping, he can't tell the difference between DHEA, an anabolic substance that looks like a Tylenol or capsule pill with powder inside, and DHA, an omega-3 that's inside of a clear capsule. Right? We, we established that those are very different looking things. However, you'll hear when he talks about to Adrian about you know, identifying the substance that caused him to piss hot or caused him to fail a drug test, he identifies the substance immediately by the suffix own. Now, he doesn't know much about supplements, but at the same time, he picks up a supplement, looks at the back, it ends in O-N-E, and he instantly knows that's a steroid. So take a listen to this clip real quick. And, and I mean, I just started looking at him, just looking for something suspicious and... Uh, you know, as he's talking, it was it was kind of discombobulated, and and this, you know, I grabbed the DHEA, and and as soon as I turn around and look at it, like, you know, there it is. Like, I, I mean, I knew right away that that's what it was. It's uh, DHEA stands for something like dehydro, another word in there, own at the end, and obviously the own uh, suffix is pretty <laughs> red flag for a steroid. Um, so out of how many out of the people listening, how many people would pick up a supplement, look at the back and see own and instantly know that's a steroid? Right? So he's showing that he has the knowledge for this stuff, except there's this this mysterious gap when it comes to taking that one specific supplement before a race. I'm gonna go ahead and play a couple more clips that show that he already has the knowledge to identify this stuff ahead of time. And again, he's mysteriously going blank when it comes to this one subject. So what follows is a bunch of clips mixed from ORM and link endurance here it goes was usatf i mean this is uh this is a positive water test i mean i've you know I, I was an ncaa athlete i've been tested in over the years i we've been you know hammered home you know what this means um so here's a little more showing ryan's background in nutritional knowledge just eat awesome and piss excellence and red wine Maybe I do. <laughs> As he sips his goblet of red wine. Now, you know, well, I had a great um, nutrition doctor in chiropractic school, Dr. Siemens, his name, and he does the uh, anti-inflammatory diet. Okay. But what he did was he broke down into uh, inflammatory and anti-inflammatory cytokines, broke down the actual foods you eat uh, and how your body processes and stores it, you know. And it's – it's uh, a, the American diet, you know, is really high in inflammatory cytokines because, you know, instead of getting omega-3 acids at a ratio uh, uh, of 3 to 1, mm-hmm. or, you know, the omega-3s being the 1, it's more like 20 to 1, 60 to 1. In the, uh, so what you want to do is have more uh, uh, less processed food, less sugar, uh, more lean meats that are grass-fed themselves. So, you know, get that omega-3 ratio down. That's going to give you less inflammation in your body. Um, so I try and do that as much as possible. The, you know, the easiest way to eat, you know, meats, fruits, vegetables, you know, kind of paleo is, in a way. It's very paleo, actually. Now, after listening to that, talking about cytokines, does that like sound like someone who does not know the difference between DHEA and DHA? 
That clip was also from episode 89 where he wasn't being grilled on drugs. So you can see his faster rate of speech. That's his more normal rate versus when we play some of the other clips, you'll see it slow back down because he's trying to watch his words. All right, let's keep it going talking about how much he knows about drug testing. The sadder part for me, I think like I spearheaded a lot of conversation about, you know, drug abuse and the need for more testing, you know, like I was, you know, I was more than willing and eager to talk about that in this sport. Um, Going to jump ahead a little bit and hear some more quotes from him. We thought that was well, just, I had a lot of those conversations. Like I was, I was very uh, in, in the forefront, um, you know, speaking openly about that. And, and, you know, here I am, the guy that's, uh, that's failing drug tests, you know, it's, that's just doesn't seem right. Um, he even says it himself, you know, with all the knowledge he has and all the talk of, you know, drug testing, him failing a drug test just doesn't seem right. So that's his own words saying that essentially he should not have failed. And we'll keep listening. That too. Uh, I probably the only person that's had more drug uh, education uh, in the sport is probably Bear. You know, he's older than I am, and he also ran in college, but. I mean, I, I was probably tested five times in college. Uh, I know I've been t- tested since, at least once or twice. Uh, you know, they do so much to educate you. Uh, you know, there's no there's no excuses in terms of, you know, what to expect. You know, I, uh, I'm very well familiar with, uh, with WADA and rules and regulations, and that's why I was also very familiar as soon as Adrian told me with what um, it meant to me as a, as, a, as a person in terms of, you know, how... So I'm going to play that clip again. I want you to pay attention to a couple of things. One, the only person... He says the only person in the sport that knows more about drug education is Bear, which is Matt Novakovic, one of the Spartan Pro Team guys. Uh, on a side note, if I was Matt Novakovic, I would be upset that you drug my name into this conversation. But that's another topic. And then you'll, again, he's building up his case which actually is hurting him, right? He's saying, you know, they do so much to educate you. Um, And then he says, I'm very familiar with, and you'll hear a long pause because he's trying to make sure he doesn't incriminate himself. He says, with WADA rules and regulations, right? So, you know, he's building this case that says, you know, he should have known better. um, But then his actions by taking DHEA just don't add up. So let's listen to that clip again. Listen for that long pause and that slowed rate of speech uh, compared to some of the other clips we'll play when we start talking about, you know, him going to visit his family in Maine or, you know, go back to episode 89 and listen to how fast he talks during that. Yeah, a lot of reasons. And like you said, too, uh, I probably the only person that's had more drug uh, education uh, in the sport is probably Bear. You know, he's older than I am and he also ran in college, but. I mean, I, I was probably tested five times in college. Uh, I know I've been t- tested since, at least once or twice. Uh, you know, they do so much to educate you. Uh, you know, there's no there's no excuses in terms of, you know, what to expect. You know, I, uh, I'm very well familiar with, uh, with WADA and rules and regulations, and that's why I was also very familiar as soon as Adrian told me so there you heard it again. You also hear him, you know, say, you know, I was tested multiple times in college. 
that's a common defense among uh, drug cheats, right? So that was Lance Armstrong's favorite thing to say. You know, there's no one in sports that's been as tested as much as I have. That was that was always his backup plan. That was always his go-to statement. And basically saying that I, I've never tested positive, so therefore I'm not guilty when uh, we all know now that that is no longer true. So it seems he has a fairly good list, list of knowledge. It also, I would say he takes a decent amount of supplements. But again, as he talks, he, you know, had there's inconsistencies with his story. So here, here's one of saying that he, no, you know, I don't take a lot of supplements. I just gave it all away. I'm not like, I don't take a lot of supplements and I, I you know, I didn't feel like. That one, he's specifically referring to a bunch of like GNC type supplements. But again, you know, listing CoQ10, ALA, glucosamine, chondrite, and magnesium, um, all those things plus a couple more, you know, that that does not sound like a, that still sounds like a lot of supplements to me, right? Like I think more than a multivitamin and like one or two other things, I would consider, you know, a decent amount of supplements for someone to take. So here we'll hear him again, explain that he knows the difference between the different look of the pills, DHEA and DHA. About it. You know, I know the type of pill isn't right for fish oils. I don't take fish oils on a regular basis. It's, it's something that the anti-inflammatory, uh, uh, nutrition professor I had, you know, said to take, I just never found one that made me not burp fish. Uh, so again, his, his story is not seeming to add up. He says he knows the difference between the pills, but then didn't realize it when he was consuming them for a month. And again, on top of that, his nutrition professor was giving him these recommendations. Now, I don't know about how many of you are listening, but I don't know how many of you have actually had a nutrition pref- professor at any point in your entire lives, right? So again, there's just all this evidence building up that he should have known better, and he had the knowledge to tell the difference between DHEA and DHA. So we're going to keep moving along. We're going to talk about the use of qualifies and uncertainty surrounding the situation. So in general, lying makes people uncomfortable, so they try not to do it. Um, it does make people uncomfortable, and that's the reason lie detectors work, right? Lie detectors are looking at your autonomic nervous system. So it's looking for things like heart rate and blood pressure and fidgeting and stuff like that, and that's how they detect. So in reality, a lie detector should really be called a stress detector because that's what it's detecting because people get stressed out as they lie. Now, many liars like to use the qualifier, you know, like I told X or, you know, like I said before, because that means they're not lying. So the original statement is a lie, but when you said, like I said before, or like I told whoever, when you're referring back to that statement, you're no longer telling a lie because you're just referring to something that you actually said. Now, he doesn't do that, so good that's a good thing on him. Uh, but the qualifier he does use is, I think I, before you know certain events regarding the failed drug test and confusing the two bottles. Now, when an event actually happens to you, you know with certainty. You're like... This happened, period. It's not, well, I think I did this. I think I did that. It, you know, it, it creates a lot of, you know, room for error, and that eases some of the burden of lying. So here's the clip. And uh, the way I see it, I was, you know, I think the DHEA caught my eye. It was big letters, and I think I just assumed it was DHEA, and I kind of grabbed it and never looked back, never, never thought about it again. So you can hear a bunch of qualifiers in there. You hear... So you heard him use four qualifiers basically in one sentence. So the way I see it, I think, I think, and I assumed. So those are all qualifiers that ease the burden of lying. Now, as humans, we like to believe that others are telling the truth because it it makes everything easier. 
what I think is happening to some of the OCR fans is they're trying to see the truth despite all these tells of lies, you know, whether they hear them consciously or subconsciously. Everyone can look at examples in their own life and kind of see some of that. So have you ever had a friend, you know, whose maybe girlfriend or boyfriend is cheating on them and everyone can see it except that couple, right? Because because they don't want to see it, right? They, they, they want to believe that everything is perfect and, you know, th- their life there's nothing wrong there and people are being honest to them. So I think I think it's just easier for people to believe that everything is fine and that everyone's being honest to them all the time when you know reality is that's just not true. So moving along, you know, we talked about a little bit about pace of talking. So you may have heard it already, but I'm going to bring it up again. So he starts talking slow when we start talking about or his rate of speech slows down significantly when we start talking about, you know, drugs and drug taking and drug testing. Now, slow speech is not necessarily indicative of deception, but what is indicative of deception is variance. So you can hear him switch his speed when he starts talking about other topics. Now, you could look at the podcast and be like, oh, well, you know, he was just in a, you know, quote unquote traumatic event or, you know, pretty serious, you know, for his athlete career. So maybe that's why he's talking slow. The problem is in the middle of the podcasts, both ORM and Link Endurance, they'll ask questions about chiropractic or his trip to Maine and his speech goes from slow and deliberate to fast because it's back to a topic he's comfortable with, it's back to talking naturally and that's his normal rate of speech, right? So it's it's a deviation off baseline and that's why you should be concerned with the slow rate of speech in this specific specific instant. So let's go listen to a couple of his change in rates of speech. So this first one is talking about Maine. Are you driving to Maine? Hell no. No, we're flying. It's a 15-hour drive with good thought, traffic. Yeah, but I thought but I thought maybe, you know, like you guys get in the car with the dog and it's a fun trip. Oh, the dog, she she hates driving. She curls up in a ball on the floorboard in the back seat and she won't move till we get there. We took her up there once and and you know, couldn't even get her to go to the bathroom at a rest stop. She's she's very neurotic our dog. She's she likes to be at home. So you can see his rate of speech picks up rapidly there compared to when he's talking about drug testing. But he still uses ums and ahs and you knows because that's part of his normal speech. Now let's go on to a different one from Lincoln Endurance where you can see the change. Before you ever took any supplements, what was it? Uh, um, I think my first 5K was like a 17 flat. Now my first race I ever did was a 2 mile and I ran 11.01. But I was quickly... 16 by my second race uh, because that was actually a local course here at you know 3500 feet and hilly that 17 flats it was kind of a a bad one but yeah i was i only ran two years in high school and i was 1540 by my by my second year of running and second in the state meet so i was i've got i've been uh, i'm fortunate you know uh despite what my parents have done athletically they gave me somehow a lot of athletic talent uh, a lot of running talent i should say now let's kind of jump back towards the beginning of the podcast when we were talking about inappropriate reactions. Now think about the emotions you would feel if you failed a drug test that you failed accidentally. Again, you know, just kind of run through some emotions in your mind, what you'd be feeling. You know, maybe you'd be thinking, "Oh, I'm so stupid." I, you know, I'm so upset. Um, would your reaction be, "I'm bamboozled"? Probably not. But that's how Ryan describes his reaction post drug test. Or post-positive announcement. The rest of his, you know, apologies and 
talking about failing the drug test is fairly emotionless compared to some other things, right? So you can hear, we're going to play this clip in a minute of him talking to Matt about having to call Ryan Atkins and Hunter McIntyre to tell them that he failed. And that's the reason they are no longer world champions at the team event. And then you can see the emotion well up, right? You Because those are real emotions. He truly does feel guilty about getting them eliminated from OCR World Championships team event. But he doesn't have that same emotion when we're talking about failing a drug test. And that's what I'm talking about with the baseline. There's a deviation from what is quote-unquote normal for him and what should be th- those emotions that should be tied to that specific event. Uh, you, know, my, uh, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of time. Uh, you know, so I kind of had like... You know, the first thing, the first day, you're kind of just bamboozled. And then yesterday, you know, again, work, um, I, you know, my number one priority was to contact Atkins and Hunter and let them know what had happened. And uh, that was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Uh, it took a lot of time. And because uh, I feel really guilty about that team race, you know, I, I, uh, I you know, because um, it's not, uh, you know, I mean, for obvious reasons. Um, so, uh, so that's another one. You, he says right at the end, you know, I feel really guilty about the team race. And then he doesn't say because I cheated or because I failed a drug test. He says for obvious reasons. Um, a lot of criminals and, you know, people who break the rules don't like saying specifically what actually happened. They'll leave that part out. They'll leave out some of those details when they're talking about the specific incident in question. Again, not sure if I mentioned this already, but. You know, I think some might argue, well, you know, it's been some time. So, you know, he doesn't, some of those emotions have died down. Well, then why is he getting emotional about telling Hunter and Atkins about getting caught and having them eliminated from their OCR World Championships victory? So I think, again, that that deviation from the baseline based off the time period after the event uh, shows a sign of deception. You know, moving on to the next point, we'll talk about Convenient circumstances around rule breaking. So over the course of the podcast, uh, specifically Link Endurance, he says he's been taking DHEA for about a month or two, which, again, should raise a flag or at least you know raise an eyebrow, make you want to look closer because that timeline basically means you started taking it just before OCR World Championships and stopped just after or, or you know maybe just before or just after World's Toughest Mudder. So you were taking the banned substance solely for the one race in question where you got caught, right? Like that should raise an eyebrow. It should, it should raise a point of concern. It's not, oh, I've been taking this all season and just noticed it now because then then you'd get, you could get back, back disqualified after all, after all those events. It's, I just started taking this a month ago. Moving along to the next one, he tries to downplay the seriousness of the situation and create leniency in punishment. Now, a lot of times you ask the guilty, you know, what should we do? If, if the guilty is claiming innocent, you ask them, what, what should we do to the truly guilty? And they will always display leniency. And the reason is because you don't want to say, let's throw the book at them. And then when you get caught or when you're convicted, then they can use your own words against you, right? So you're, you're trying to hedge your bets and not convict yourself to a harsher punishment than may be coming to- for you. Now, he does this obviously because he's already been caught. So he's not going to say, you know, throw the book at them. But where this does come out is, so you'll hear in this clip from Lincoln Durrance, him downplaying the seriousness of the situation and trying to create leniency and then compares it to other people, right? So like if you commit a crime, 
most people aren't like, well, you should hear about my friend who did this awful thing. You know, mine's not so bad, really. So let's listen to this clip real quick. A lot about since this has been what a positive lot of tests is, you know. Uh, in, in the world we live in, it's, uh, you know, automatic guilt and, you know, years bans oftentimes. And, and you know, I, I think the one thing I've thought about is, like, it doesn't seem fair. I Actually, one of my guy I used to race against when I was at track and field reached out uh, to me today, and he, he uh, you know, did EPO and got busted for it. And, like, his response, you know, he sent me a message just like, dude, that's just not right, you know, like, it's not fair that I think he got 18 months suspension. Uh, he's just like, it's not right that someone like you is just being stupid, uh, can get banned the same amount as someone like me who should be banned for life, you know, like he referred to himself as an asshole. And, uh, you know, and I think that's kind of something I've been thinking a lot about lately is I wish WADA did a little bit more than just guilty innocent i wish you know just like in the real world they had you know felonies and misdemeanor you know and and there's you know a point where you're taking epo and you're doing something with a needle and you're cycling on it you know that there's a a clear intent there's no denying you know what you're doing and then there's guys that you know if you smoke weed that's a positive water test you know Uh, it seems like those should be more misdemeanors and it seems like you know if you could break down you know uh things that are you know legitimate legitimate and intentional and things that you know maybe are helping performance maybe accidental maybe something oral at a grocery store versus something in needle that you go to mexico to buy you know maybe there is more of a path for you know immediate return you know something where you know you 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 know, you become a part of a program where you can pay for, you know, so many random tests in a year or something like that. You know, it just seems like there's there, there should be more than just uh, positive and negative. I thought a lot about that. And, I mean, I'm not in any sort of position to, you know, tell them how to run their business. Um, but, you know, that's, uh, you know, yeah. it, I think that would be something more fair because, you know, for me to, you to ask me what I think my punishment should be, you know, my conscience is clear, you know, I don't feel like a cheater, I don't feel like, I mean, I know I did something wrong, I know I tested positive, and I know the results from that, but like... So again, like we talked about earlier, you hear a lot of qualifiers in there, a lot of maybes, maybe, you know, maybe someone took it accidentally, maybe this, maybe that, that should set off a warning sign. You also hear him say, I don't feel like a cheater, he doesn't say I'm not a cheater, he says I don't feel like one, well... Which, you know, you'll see, if you listen to Lance Armstrong, he basically has the same opinion. Because Lance Armstrong's opinion, which is true, is, you know, everyone at the top is doping. So my doping is no worse than the guy next to me's doping. Which means, you know, we're all kind of on a level playing field. You'll also notice the lack of motion, right? So we just played, the earlier than this, we played the clip of him talking about Hunter and Ryan. He got all, you know, teared up. And here, he, he was pretty cool, pretty calm, collected. Not a lot of emotion behind his words. He's not even proclaiming his innocence. He's just saying, you know, maybe it was an accident, maybe this, maybe that. You know, at, at no point during any of these interviews was he, is he being defensive, being like, listen, I'm innocent. This was a simple accident. You know, I understand it's my I understand it's my fault, but I, you know, there should be a little more emotion tied to that. You should be you should be wanting to prove people that you are in fact innocent and this was an accident and it was a dumb mistake. But I don't hear that across any of the podcasts I listen to. 
All right, we're going to move on to my last point here. Um, and this one, when you take clips and you, you, know, you pull them out, I'm going to use full sentences here and play his own voice back to you, the listener. At points, he actually like admits to what's going on. And you can hear and see this in criminal cases. I just finished a book about Ed Gein, uh, the character that Psycho is based off of, and Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And when they're talking to him, you know, they ask him, you know, where was, you know, this body that has been missing? And, you know, before he admitted to guilt, he was like, oh, I know where she is. She's back at my house. And people, people slip up and say things when they don't really mean to say it. So you'll hear him use a lot of qualifiers in this. You'll hear him actually say that he's making up a story. You'll hear him talk about topics that no one else has brought up, like anti-aging, which is a sign of, uh, you know, steroid use. But let's go to the clips. There's a chance you're looking at, you know, uh, you know what I was using and the fact, you know, and the, and the fact that I was using it during the race, you know, the kind of um, willful, willful ignorance, you might say, uh, to an extent. Um, and they seem to be looking at, you know, I guess my reputation. And, and I, so I don't happened yet, but I mean, you know, the talk so far has been as encouraging as I could hope for. They have. So it's not ignorance, it's willful ignorance, you might say. So a lot of a lot of uncertainty around that statement. And willful ignorance, I'm pretty sure, is not the same as just ignorance. Ignorance would be, I didn't know. No, willful ignorance is like, I purposely pretended not to know. So basically admitting guilt on the podcast. So here he is again talking about bringing up the topic of anti-aging, which was never mentioned at any point during any of the podcasts so let's listen to this hey you know if you were to say i was you know cheap aging it's it's because i've gotten into obstacle racing you know as, as you get older you get slower and, and i've seen dramatic declines in my 5k i'm a minute and a half slower plus now than my best but you know it's, it's been really cool to get in a sport where at my age you can improve and it's not the running that's improving it's just now doing strength stuff and getting better at obstacles and and, you know, to improve as I'm, you know, a few months away from turning 39 was, was pretty cool. And I know, you know, now it becomes one of those things, well, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, his improvement was because he was on the supplement. It's probably been on a long time because that's what it takes to get those sort of improvements from it and stuff like that. And I mean, you know, and when you test positive, that unfortunately is um, the reality you have to live with. Uh, um, it's not true. So when trying to convince people that you're not taking drugs, you talk about improvements in strength as you get older, and you're talking about getting better, and then you bring up anti-aging again, which was not brought up previously, and then you also bring up he's probably been on it for a long time, which again, no one at that point, no one had been like, hey, you know, how long has this guy been taking this thing for? So that's examples of little bits of truth coming out while he's trying to keep his story straight. This next one's one of my favorite clips. He basically says, in hindsight, I'm making up this narrative of what happened. So again, when pulled away from some of the surrounding text, you can see that he's essentially, he's he's slipping up. He's admitting to uh, creating a story. In hindsight, you know, I'm creating this whole new narrative of, of thought processes of myself, but I never thought twice about it. You know, I know the type of pill isn't right for fish oils i don't take fish oils on a regular basis it's it's something that the anti-inflammatory uh 
nutrition professor I had, you know, said to take. So things obviously aren't looking too good for Ryan Woods in this one. Now let's look at what happens when Mo asks him how many other people he thinks are taking banned substances and not knowing it. So basically, like, kind of like, what's the probability of this happening to anyone? You know, here's his answer in his own words. Speaking, just thinking of other athletes in the OCR community, um, just as a as a whole, in your opinion, what do you, how many OCR athletes do you think that unknowingly take banned substances? At the top, I don't think any. I mean, I like when I finish that race, uh, you know. Alvin and Atkins are sitting there, and I go and grab a water and start drinking it. And they're like, dude, don't drink that water, you know. That's tap water. Someone could have tainted it, you know. Like, bottled water, like, like their awareness of, you know, what to do and what not to do was, was uh, yeah, at that time they're just paranoid. But <clears throat> um, I don't think there's many at, at the top level that could be tested that are, you know, that are in a situation where they're taking something they don't know. I mean, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't think there'd be a lot of, a lot of this happening. And I mean, this is something that I've only been taking for, I mean, I've got a bottle here that's half full. So a month, a month or two, you know, like yeah. it's, it's not, it wasn't something on my regular shopping list, you know, and if, if Hunter beats me on that wall, that bottle runs out. I never order it again, you know. I never go by and get it again. So um, it was it was a bad sequence of events for me. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think there's a I don't think there's a lot of people at the top taking stuff they don't know what it is. I would I would say none. Okay. It- so great question by Mo. There you can see he's like basically no one's taking something they don't know. So it basically admits that you know this couldn't have happened, but then it happened to him all of a sudden, which is kind of strange. You can also hear him kind of like change subjects, kind of deflect the situation, talking about Ryan and John, talking about drinking contaminated tap water, which, I mean, I wasn't there, but sounds like Ryan and John were just pulling his chain, right? They were just joking. And then some of the speech kind of rambles off into really nonsensical talk where it's like, if I finish this bottle and Hunter beats me off the wall, I'm never buying another one. That, it just, it sounds like you knew you were taking it, and if it doesn't work well enough where you can beat Hunter then you're not going to take it again. That's what that sounds like. I'm going to play that clip again because I, I had trouble understanding it. I had to listen to it several times. If Hunter beats me on that wall, that bottle runs out. I never order it again. You know, I never go by and get it again. So, Well, I'm going to keep moving and show you some other kind of slip-ups he has over the course of the interviews. So we're going to listen to another clip from ORM here. And so far, you know, it's not, I mean, you know, the, people have reached out and they've been really positive and supportive i think uh i mean you can kind of just you know i, I guess yeah, I uh i grabbed the wrong sample back i guess we didn't talk about that you know dhea versus dha um katie went by the store yesterday and took a photo of it um it's funny because the men's health and the heart health kind of merged into one and right beside the CoQ10 was a men's libido subst- uh, supplement, and then, then the DHEA, one over from it that I grabbed. I mean, I see how I made the mistake. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I should have noticed the men's libido, I guess, in between. But, um, uh, you know, I lost my train of thought where I was going with that. 
Uh, so yeah, most people have reached out. You know, I think, you know, it's under. I think people can understand why you know it's an easy mistake to make. So it's you know it's not been. I haven't received any you know anything negative. So it's kind of encouraging. It makes me feel a little bit better right now. Just two and a half hours into 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 this. I so again, with that one, we hear a lot of I thinks uh, regarding his retelling of the story of this of the confusion during the actual event. It's also saying how all the supplements are right next to each other. You know, that must be confusing for someone who's an NCAA athlete who's been a top-level athlete for like 20 years. Like, you know, I can see how that can make a mistake. Uh, not really, as we've already talked about on this podcast. You'll actually also hear him laughing almost during that retelling of the story, right? Like, that's an inappropriate reaction when you just accidentally took a banned substance and now they're talking about kicking you out of the sport or, you know, Obviously, on my podcast, I'm a little harsh. I was talking about lifetime bans or you know five year bans, but you've been you've been you've been blocked from the sport for the next year, and there's like almost a laughter in your voice when you're retelling of the story of grabbing the wrong supplement at the shelf in the store. That shouldn't be the case. You should be talking about I'm such an idiot. This was so stupid. You know there should be again the, the mismatch in emotions. There does not add up. I'm gonna make you listen to that one again. Ready? Here it goes. Oh. Uh. I grabbed the wrong sample bag. I guess we didn't talk about that. You know, DHEA versus DHA. Um, Katie went by the store yesterday and took a photo of it. Um, it's funny because the men's health and the heart health kind of merged into one. And right beside the CoQ10 was a men's libido subst- uh, supplement. And then, then the DHEA, one over from it that I grabbed. I mean, I see how I made the mistake, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I should have noticed the men's libido, I guess, in between. But, um, uh, you know, I lost my train of thought where I was going with that. So, again, you can see him getting uh, confused as he goes to the storyline. You can also hear him laughing about the event. And now, when you when you interview someone, it's usually not as obvious. Usually, you'll see them smirking at a part that's inappropriate according to the retelling of the story, right? So you shouldn't be... You shouldn't be smirking there if this was a, a real reaction. But if you're lying, you're smirking slightly because the person you're telling is buying off on that lie, and that internally gives you pleasure that they're buying off on your story, even though it's ridiculous, which is why you have trouble controlling those emotions, such as smiling, during this inappropriate time. So this is the last clip I'll play for you. Now, the story all along was he went to buy DHA, which he normally doesn't take, Uh, but for some reason just decided to add it into his supplement regime right before a world championship event, which also should raise a flag, right? Like that's a little unusual, changing your supplement routine before the championships. So the story all along has been, he's been going to this, he he was planning on going, his plan was to go to the store to buy DHA, but you'll hear in this clip, he actually says the wrong compound because that's another example of the truth leaking out, even though... He's trying to keep everything in control because he's got so much stuff running through his head, so much stuff trying to keep the lies and organized, trying to keep the story organized, and trying to make sure he doesn't say something he's not supposed to. But here he slips up. So let's go to the Link Endurance podcast for this clip. Are they actually they're not beside each other directly like that? For some reason, I feel like that would that would have been more recognizable to me. Um, Katie actually went and, and took a photo of it when I was on the RM podcast because you know I was telling her what was happening and she just kind of wanted to see what was going on but 
it's a small grocery store. It's like, it's like a Whole Foods, but smaller. Uh, and, um, so at the end of one aisle, they had cardiovascular health. And the next section over to that was men's health. Uh, so, and she actually sent a picture, took a picture of it. And, um, it goes from CoQ10 in the cardiovascular and the shelves are offset a little bit, but the next supplement over was a box of something called men's libido. And the one beside that was the one I grabbed, uh, and more of the DHEA was right there. Um, and, uh, and it was, it, the, the big bold levels is letters is brand superior source. If you want to Google it, you can, you can kind of see it, it does stand out, but they weren't directly beside each other. They were, uh, um, yeah, the, the aisle kind of shifted from cardiovascular health to, uh, to men's health. And I, I could send you a picture if you wanted to see it. So it wasn't what I've seen online. Some people were like showing them beside each other. Uh, it was kind of like this transition and, I didn't go there to buy DHA or any sort of omega threes. I usually get my online from Thorn. Uh, it's a pharmaceutical grade company. I've done it for years. I've always done um, uh, more uh, cellular health kind of anti-inflammatory stuff, which would include like CoQ10 and and uh, alpha lipoic acid, magnesium, uh, stuff like that, as well as glucosamine chondroitin. I've kind of taken the same thing for ten plus years and. Uh, uh, I went there, I made an order, and it got, it's like a free shipping over $100, and I just didn't get some zinc, which I, I thought I should get for some immunity and some arginine. So that's why I stopped by Earth Fairs. The only time I shopped there this year, because I wanted to get a qu higher quality. And uh, the way I see it, I was, you know, I think the DHEA caught my eye. It was big letters, and I think I just assumed it was DHA, and I kind of grabbed it and never looked back, never never thought about it again. So that was a long clip, but we heard a lot of pretty pertinent things in there. The first is an inconsistency with a previous story. You know, in the ORM podcast, he was saying that they were right next to each other, and now he's saying they're not. They're spaced out a little bit more. The second thing he says, again, he lists off his supplements, showing that he has knowledge of all the different supplements and saying that he normally buys his supplements from a pharmaceutical-grade company online. So if you're listening to this podcast, I, I would like to know how many of you buy your supplements from a pharmaceutical company online, right? Like, that's, well, that's, it just seems a little bit odd. You know, if if you have the knowledge to shop online at a pharma, for a pharmaceutical company, then why can you not tell the difference between a clear pill and a solid pill? And then the final one is he says, he says in his own words, I did not go to buy the store to buy DH, and then he, he can't remember what he said at the beginning of the sentence, so he says A because he doesn't want to say DHEA because that's the banned substance. He does The fewer times he can say that, the better it is for him and you know keeping his story straight. But he messes up, so I'll play just that part again. Uh, it was kind of like this transition, and I didn't go there to buy DHA uh, or any sort of omega-3s. I usually get my... Right, so again, he says, I did not go there to buy DHA. Then why did you accidentally pick up DHEA? That doesn't really make sense. He also said that I've been taking the same supplements for about 10 years, but the right before OCR World Championships, suddenly you added in a new supplement? Right, that It's not adding up. You see all the inconsistencies over the course of this podcast? So one inconsistency is not going to show deception, but... The repeated signs of deception spread out over the course of two interviews when compared to a baseline, which is episode 89 of Link Endurance, that shows deception. And that's why 
I made this podcast clipping all these little pieces together. We talked a little bit about framing before, although I didn't use that term, right? So some people, they're still like, absolutely, he's definitely not guilty. It was definitely an accident. And I think, based off the two podcasts we've done, I think if you still believe that, it's your framing the way you want to see it. You refuse to look at the truth of the repeated signs of deception of someone with an extensive knowledge of supplements not being able to tell the difference between uh, one and the other. And then on top of that, all the you know the slip-ups in his conversation, which we just covered in the last 10 minutes or so. Now, I'd also like to take this time to point out some of the counter-arguments. So people have said, you know, it, it would be stupid if Tough Mudder does something about it because uh, they've never done something before. So I guess my counter-argument to that is, okay, so at, we're never going to enforce cheating, right? You have to start someplace. And why not here and why not now? Let's start in enforcing the rules now. It seems like a good time as any. I've also heard the, you know... Well, why would he do that? It doesn't make sense. It, you know, you have too much to lose. And I, I've heard this argument plenty of times before. Lance Armstrong used to say it all the time. You know, I, I have too much on the line. All these people believe in me, stuff like that. And if Lance Armstrong, you know, didn't have too much to lose, then clearly someone who doesn't have any sponsors doesn't have that much to lose, right? He's doing it for his own personal enjoyment, which I think is why we all do OCR. I've also heard people say, well, you know, it doesn't matter because this uh, taking some DHA is not going to make you go from average athlete to, you know, top athlete in the world or, you know, one of the best. And to that, I'll say, so if you're above a certain level, then cheating's okay. So if Ryan Atkins is winning World's Toughest Mudder and just decides not to do any obstacles in the last lap, does that is that okay? Or if someone just cuts the course, it's like, well, the, sec- the guy behind me wasn't going to catch me anyway, so what does it matter if I, if I cheated a little bit? So I think that that's also a ridiculous statement to make, right? That, you know, you know, somehow the rules don't apply to you because you've hit a certain level of physical proficiency. I've also heard people ask, you know, why isn't Ryan Wood sponsored by anyone? And that really has nothing to do with doping. It just comes to a matter of reaching out, Right. We can get into this on another topic about sponsorship if you want, but if you don't reach out to a company and don't tell them that you want to be sponsored by them, how are they supposed to know, right? They don't know what product you're using in your house. So if you're not actively reaching out to companies to get sponsorships, you're probably not going to be sponsored unless you're very, very top level, like you win the world championship. Then someone may reach out to you. And finally, I'd like to address something. Um, Miles on the Lincoln Endurance podcast said, Obstacle Sports Racing Federation, you know, the ones that held the... Team USA race in Miami a couple months ago said they were not going to disqualify him from obstacle sports racing federation sponsored or sanctioned events. Now I know they're trying to establish themselves as the, you know, whatever the governing body for OCR or something like that. And I will say I'm very disappointed in them. I think they completely dropped the ball. They're saying they want to get into the Olympics. Here you have an athlete that's tested positive by WADA standards. He has failed the drug test and their response was, no, that's cool. As long as it's not in our organization, you're, you're good to go. I think that's the complete wrong attitude to have, especially when you're trying to establish yourself as this unifying body and you don't even take any of the other races and their drug testing seriously. In fact, basically the only races that have been drug testing people for more than a year. So uh, bad job, Obstacle Course Racing Federation. I think you really dropped the ball. Um, previously, I had said I was going to help them and – I'm no longer going to help them. I haven't done anything from them in the past, so I guess there's really no loss to them. But 
I think that completely sets the wrong tone, like I said, and just, again, very disappointed in them as an organization. Finally, a couple of reminders that I'm still hearing people say, you know, he did not take a tainted supplement. He went to the store, bought DHEA. The bottle contained DHEA. DHEA is on the banned substance list. 100% banned. The bottle he bought contained exactly what it said. So let's not start, let's not talk, start talking about tainted supplements again. Um, I don't think it had to do with a lack of knowledge, as I showed earlier in this podcast. He had plenty of experience on nutrition, doping, uh, anti-doping, and you know, spent a long time as an athlete. If you watch sports, you'll see the same excuses come up over and over again. And maybe that's why I'm a little jaded. I've been following cycling for years. Uh, I follow other sports. And you again, you, you always hear the same excuses. Oh, it's, you know, I, I have, I'm a top level athlete, but I have asthma or I have a heart condition, but I'm still winning world championships or I didn't know or, you know, it was tainted meat. It was a tainted supplement. Or there's, it's from a conjoined twin. That's actually an excuse. You can look it up. I can't. I think it was, mm, was it Tyler Hamilton? I can't remember. It was one of the cyclists. One of the American cyclists uh, used that excuse. But it just gets old hearing the same excuses over and over again recycled. Instead of people being like, hey, I tried to take an edge. It was the wrong call. I got caught. My bad. Uh, moving on. So all the stuff I just told you, all the signs of deception is backed by research. You're welcome to go research it on your own. Like I said, I've read a lot of books on the topic. Uh, the three most recent ones I read was Lie Detector by Edwin Spears Instafo, You're Lying by Lena Sisko, and Is He Lying to You by Dan Crum. I've also read a couple other ones that I can't remember because they don't... Those, those three I just read off are actually in my Audible on my phone, so I can look at them right now. I've also read some really good books by interrogators, both from Germany, from World War II, when they were uh, tactfully questioning American POWs, and um, several interrogators from the global war on terror where they were talking to their detainees uh, both in Guantanamo Bay and then also overseas and kind of forward deployed locations such as Iraq so so like I said I think that's all based on research I will say that the, the, the what I'm going to say next is speculation well let, let me rephrase that people like to tell as much truth as possible because it makes the lie easy to remember. That's why you hear him. That's why you heard him slip up all those times in those podcast uh, clips that I played for you. So what I think actually happened? Okay, this now begins the speculation. I think he normally buys his DHEA online from a pharmaceutical grade company, supplement company, like he said, and he's been doing so for years. I think he ran out, and it was close to championship season, so he went to the local store to purchase some. Uh, which was a lower quality. I think he either cycled off of it before the race or uh, maybe didn't cycle off of it because he hadn't had problems in the past with a higher quality supplement. You know, he's talking about supplement quality a lot on the podcast. So I think he felt confident going into the drug test, like he said on some of the other podcasts. Uh, he, he pissed, and like he said, he pissed hot. And basically he did what he normally does, but the problem was the lower grade supplement caused him a positive test. Basically, the cheaper supplement did not wash out of his system in time. Of course, that last couple, those last statements I made are all speculation. I'm just, I'm just, you know, piecing as much truth as I can from his statements and combining them with changing a small fact because that's what liars do. 
when they want to lie because it's easy, like I said, it's easier to remember. It's easier to keep your story straight if you only change one or two parts of your story, and it also makes you appear more truthful. So you'll see, you'll hear when he went when he's talking about going to the supplement store and looking at the supplements, his rate of speech picks up again, again because he actually went to the supplement store because he actually looked at the supplements to see where they were in relation to each other. The problem, as we said already, is all the other times when he's talking about drug testing and he's tiptoeing around the answer, like tiptoeing through a minefield, making sure he's not going to say something inappropriate. Although, as again, as we've shown already, he did say several things that were, you know, inappropriate, such as I did not go to the store to buy DHA um, and stuff like that. So I think that about wraps up the podcast. So as you can see, I do have a fair amount of knowledge on the stuff. Am I a top level expert? Absolutely not. I've just read a lot of books. I've had some experiences that makes me good enough to catch people that are really bad liars. And unfortunately for Ryan, he's a very bad liar and I can see through it. And if you go grab any uh, any actual expert or anyone else who has this um, you know experience or knowledge base, they will agree with me. So again, I encourage you to do your own research. I encourage you to bring in anyone else and listen to the three podcasts, episode 89, and then the two uh, more recent ones after he failed the drug test and compare them. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's a great option. When I watch other interviews with you know people who are being questioned for other things, sometimes you can spot their lies really easily. Like Sandusky, uh, the one who's molesting uh, basically boys, he is a terrible liar, and you can see right through it. It is almost uncomfortable to watch. When I watch a lot of Lance's interviews, he's a little harder to catch. But even him, who I consider a pretty good liar, makes a lot of mistakes, as I already pointed out in this podcast. One of the things that Lance does does well is rightful indignation so people ask him a question about doping and he gets very defensive and starts attacking them you know he, sh- he shows the appropriate level of anger for someone accusing him of cheating where he often messes up is he says things like or he doesn't really answer their question so they'll accuse him of doping and he'll just immediately go on the attack without actually answering the question they asked your next press question probably is now that i know or you know this stuff and i know this stuff does that make me a good liar and the answer is no because lying is so complicated, you have to think through all these things simultaneously. And you're not really capable of doing it unless you practice it a lot, and someone's pointing out all of the times you're failing, and then you're going back and repracticing it again. In fact, sometimes I feel like knowing some of the stuff makes you even a worse liar. Because when you realize that you're doing some of the tells of lying in the middle of a conversation, it increases your stress level even more, which makes you do some of the tells even more. Right, So it becomes harder because now you know quote-unquote, the textbook answer of what you're, well, the, what, the way you should be presenting yourself, and you're worried that the person you're talking to can see through those tells. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, I did let Ryan know ahead of time that I would be putting this episode out so it wouldn't be a complete blindside. During that conversation, uh, which is basically one text from each of us back and forth, I said, you know, if he wants to admit that it wasn't accidental, I would not put this content out. Um, he obviously chose not to take that path. So here we are, uh, you know, producing this episode and bringing it to you. Finally, a shout out to Obstacle Racing Media and Link Endurance for letting me use their audio in my podcast. Um, I, I enjoy both their podcasts, so check them out if you're looking for more OCR content above what Strength and Speed provides. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some people who are even more convinced. I'm sure there's some people who are still going to say, absolutely not, Evan, you're just nitpicking. But I will say that I would not be going on and putting this podcast out if I had any doubt, right? If there was any doubt in my mind, I wouldn't put this on, I wouldn't put this podcast out because I obviously produce a lot of content for Mud Run Guide and Strength and Speed and, you know, other websites. So 
I'm not going to put my name out there unless I'm 100% confident that I know the answer. And based off my experience, based off the books I've read, I'm 100% confident on this an- on this answer. You can believe what you want. Um, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, this is a warning, right? So if you're out there, first of all, if you're cheating, stop it. Don't cheat. Stop being a dirtbag. Second of all, if you are cheating and you get caught, just don't lie about it, right? That's dirtbag move number two. And third, if you are cheating, you are lying, and you get caught and continue to lie, I'm going to call you out on it, right? So I think over the episode, I've shown that I have the qualifications and the experience to call people out on their lies, um, whether you agree with me or not. Uh, yeah, that's, that's another story. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I hope this is beneficial for the sport as a, as a whole. I think, I'm pretty sure Ryan's going to hate me after this, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way it is. Uh, if you weren't lying, then I wouldn't have to call you out on it. So um, hope everyone has a good day. And I'm going to move on to some brighter topics and maybe go for a run. I'll catch you guys later. Strength and speed out.